You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous. Follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe to my show. I'm on a network now, riotcast.com, so check that network out. They have lots of other really good shows. Uh, what else? You, if you want to be on my show, this is a call and advice show where I talk to people anonymously about their, uh, about all kinds of stuff, really. Uh, most people call in because they want to share their secret lives that they live. I really like giving advice, so I love when people call in with a problem. Um, and some people, like the guy today, call in because they're looking to talk about not even a secret life, but just talk about an interesting life that they, uh, have and uh, they're looking to help people. This is a guy who's like a professional swinger. Um, and when I say professional, I mean like he's been doing it since the dawn of time. He, uh, and he's like in his 40s. So when he was doing it, it was like, you know, not the not as open. It's not, it wasn't as like, not normal because it's not really normal now, but it was like even more off the radar back then. So he was pretty ballsy. He started doing this at a very young age and uh, him and his girl started uh, a party and they turned it into a business. And, uh, you know, now he actually has a website called Thinking Swinging. I'm thinking of swinging.com. Thinking of swinging.com. Sorry. Uh, and he's actually helping people who are looking to become swingers themselves. Um, and this is the guy that can help people because he, like I said, has been doing it since the beginning, since he's 18 years old. And besides, you know, doing it himself and having completely open relationships with the women he were, was married to, he started parties uh, and now he has this website and he's looking to help people. And that's what he does on my podcast. He talks all about his history and his past and how he got into all those things. Um, and he also talks about how, uh, like things that people could do to become swingers uh, that will help them. <laughs> I don't think that makes sense, but you know what I mean. It'll all be in the description. But anyway, Jim, I'm going to be right back on with Jim. He's interesting. So just hold on for Jim. (laughs) Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, Hey, Jim. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you today? Good. I'm well. How are you? 
I'm good. So, Jim, I don't, the only thing I know about you is what your ad stated on Craigslist. I found you on Craigslist. I, I get my people a lot of different ways. Sometimes I actually put an ad and people respond. Sometimes I go looking for ads, right? Now, I remember your ad was like male woman for male woman. And I thought it was like sort of like maybe a couple looking for other couples. And, you know, and and then inside it was more like you were looking to give people advice of how to sort of navigate the alternative lifestyle, right? Is that correct? That's correct. Right. And so is it because you have, I mean, it said in your ad you were 30. Are you 30? Is it because you've had like like extensive experience sort of swinging? I I do. And and I, I, I found that Craigslist seems to be kind of where a large majority of people, um, that enter this lifestyle uh, end up going. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's just a huge vast. Usually when people come to this aspect of, of wanting to try something alternative, it's usually where they turn. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, what people don't know um, is a large, large percentage of people that are on, um, also on Craigslist are, um, are, are people that are not real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we found over the years, you are assuming correctly, I do have a lot of experience, many years of experience. Uh, we found um, just a, a huge amount of people that are, are, are not who they say they are, or they're posing as a couple, and it's a, usually a single guy looking to, to collect photos, or, or even just people looking to have some sort of alternative interaction, but, but really don't have any intention whatsoever of following through or meeting with people. So maybe um, those people are looking, because I've had, I've had like a lot of people on my show who I, like I said, I found on Craigslist and they've experienced all those things. But I've also had people who like are cheating on their partners and they just cheat virtually, right? So they just are really looking for people who maybe want to kind of get it on like on via webcam or something, but like not actually in person because that's kind of like where they draw the line or what, you know, how far they feel like they want to go. Do you think that that other group of people that you're talking about, it's maybe that's the case with them or they're just pulling your chain? I, um, it's difficult. I, 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 the reason why I specifically did it is, is to get those people that are just entering into this, this aspect and, and, and hopefully try and save them from having to deal with all just the running around and the wasted time and energy to come to find out that it's somebody that's not actually going to actually meet them or right. somebody that they, they think that, that is not really who they say they are. Um, I, I've met so many people um, after the fact that have been resilient to possibly try some other avenue other than Craigslist or met people through the years and they've all had a very similar experience, a very negative one with Craigslist. So I felt the need to try and help people and direct them in a, in a, in a way that they could actually really find um, what they're truly looking for. Yeah, well, you could help my listeners because I get people on all the time who are in certain situations where and they're looking for like that other that that perfect situation that would sort of be right for or fit into their lifestyle, right? Something maybe alternative out of the box, maybe because they're married, it has to be very specific or they're a couple and they're looking for something. And they do find that there's so much weeding out of garbage on Craigslist, right? But there's no other real place. I mean, I used to go on adult friend finders to look for people too. And I had like one or I had a couple people actually that I found on adult friend finders that came in here. But 
there wasn't a lot of action on there either, even though there's so much content on there, you would think that people actually would be hooking up a lot more than they really are on Adult Friend Finders. Um, and then I would look at Backpage, and that was like strictly like a lot of escorts and hookers, right? But like, where do married couples or couples who want to play or even singles, right, who want to play go? And most people, like you say, go to Craigslist, and then they just encounter all this nonsense. So like, what is your advice to people? Oh my goodness. Where it's do you start? Such a vast, <laughs> but, such let's start a vast with your, but let's start with you because you're 30 years old, right? And that's kind of young. If no, you no, 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 hold on. Oh no. Okay. So, so just let me, yeah, let me explain that. The, 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 the sweet spot seems to be 30 years old with this alternative lifestyle. And that's why I put my age at 30. I'm actually 45 years old. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Listen, I do the so same I, when I post my ad. I post it young because if people are like looking within an age range, right? So I should do 30. That's like the <laughs> that's the well, age the that you're going to Yeah. Well, the reason I did that is because I, I want people to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. If I was 25 years old getting advice from a 45-year-old, people that I deal with that are much younger um, take that, 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 that term swinger. And immediately it, it comes into their mind that, you know, it's somebody over 50, um, they're fat, they're gray-haired or bald, and they're going to a party, and as soon as they walk through the door, everybody whips off their clothes and have sex. Right, uh-huh. And, and this, that's, just not the, the, that's just not the aspect anymore, and really it never was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try and just give people the most comfortability as I can in order to give them some good advice, and like I said, find what you're looking for. To touch on... The couple of sites that you actually mentioned, it's really funny because Adult Friend Finder, um, you know, a lot of the different sites, Backpage, all the sites really kind of hit on a very specific thing. Um, although they're huge and they have so much content, um, it seems that when people go to those sites, they do get really overwhelmed, especially when they're new. Right, but because what do you think that they're just, focusing on, on like, say, an adult friend rise? Because I had people that went on there, like people that called in, that, you know, said that they tried to look, like, hook up. I had one guy that was looking looking for a gangbang, like, a couple, I, that's one that sticks out for me. But I know that a lot of people said that they didn't have a success on adult friend runners. And when I was on there looking for people, I found that, I thought there seemed like there were so many people on there. I think adult friend finder is, is in... And you got to remember, some of the terms that we use are so 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 blanketed. Yeah. When you say it's like a hookup site, mm-hmm. and and I don't mean that in a bad way in any yeah. way. But I think Adult Friend Finder is something where it's it's a couple, a single guy, girl, whatever, and they know what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, they go on, they look for it, or they put on an ad, and they're looking for bing bang boom. They're looking to deal with what they want, want what they want. They're looking to um, find someone, connect, hook up, and that's it. Right. Um, in my experience with Adult Friend Finder, you may find other things on there as far as people looking for an actual ongoing relationship or an ongoing friendship or things like that as well. Um, but friend, Adult Friend Finder seems to be kind of like the... the, the so difficult. It, it, I would say it's more singles on Adult Friend Finder. Mm-hmm. Than couples. As opposed, as opposed to couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you always in this like alternative lifestyle as a couple or like did you start doing stuff when you were like younger as a single person? The first experience I had was with my prospective partner when I was 18. She was mm-hmm. 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was with her from age 18 for 15 years. Oh, wow. Okay. 
throughout that 15 years, we had several experiences together, realized that the alternative lifestyle was something that we really enjoyed, uh, and ended up starting um, an adult lifestyle party or event company that we oh, hosted wow. um, events with for about eight years throughout the New England area, New York City, Boston, mm-hmm. Providence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very specific group of people. It was catering to um, younger, attractive, single females and couples. Mm-hmm. Um, we vetted people. We interviewed people. Um, and at the end, when I sold the company, we had about 800 members as couples and probably about 80 or 90 single females that were members. Right, and then um, you sold the cup, the company. Did you sell it because like someone offered you, or you just felt like you could like kind of cash in, or were you like moving on to different things, or you and that girl broke up? Divorced. You so divorced. Divorce is what, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. divorce is what what pushed that to then stop that company. Okay. Um, um, from then on, I uh, actually was single for a few years. Met another person um, who was completely vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, married her. Was with her for seven years. And then got divorced again. And at that point in my life, realized that that um, uh, that I just didn't believe in monogamy. Right. Well, were you ever monogamous to anyone anyway? I mean, these were open relationships, right? No. Actually, the second marriage was completely monogamous. All right. Okay. Right, right. And so that's why that um, didn't work for you. And you were mon- completely monogamous for all those years when you were with her? For seven years, correct. Were, were you miserable correct. when you, the, and that's what you realized, it, like, no. at the end of it, that it didn't work? N- not at all, actually. Mm-hmm. The, the, the alternative lifestyle really had nothing to do with how my life went. Right. Um, however, at the end of that seven-year marriage, I did realize that I, I truly didn't believe that monogamy was for me. Now, whether or not that it was in a, in a, a completely, you know, a, a, I didn't know in what aspect. I didn't know if it was going to be in a committed relationship and we were going to be have an open relationship. I didn't mm-hmm. know if we were going to have a lifestyle relationship. I didn't know. I didn't know what um, you know what specifically the relationship was going to be. But I just knew that that um, that I just wasn't a believer in monogamy. Right. And now, are you currently in? Did you get have another relationship after that second marriage? Are you in a relationship? Now? Correct. Mm-hmm. I am in a relationship. I've, I've been in the same relationship for two years. We're mm-hmm. Um, emotionally monogamous. Um, we are not sexually monogamous. Mm-hmm. However, we only play together. Right. With other so, couples and that's in, with other couples. Other couples and other singles as well. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back to when you were 18. Cause like, I mean, I'm 48, so I'm like in your, you know, uh, what the fuck is that word? I can't think of to edit this <laughs> generation. No, your generation. No, that, so, it. I mean, I think like, you know, at 18 years old, you know, people that are like younger nowadays don't really realize that like when you were doing that at 18, that was pretty, you know, there was a lot more out of the box than it is today, you know, and the fact that, you know, and you didn't get into that with this girl, like many years into your relationship, like you said, you met her when you were 18. And you guys started, you know, sort of exploring the alternative lifestyle together at 18, both you and her, I mean, you were pretty progressive. And so was she at that age. It's and really in that time period, you know? Right, right. It, and it's super, super interesting to me. I, 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 I talk a lot about this with my current my current partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually jotted down some bullet points because we, we wanted to kind of discuss, I wanted to make sure I touched base with you yeah. um, about my past. And mm-hmm. um, I had a, you know, I had a, a, an early sexual awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and 
with the people that I've met throughout my life, I kind of realize a, a common thread there where um, from a very, very young age, um, you know, masturbation was normal or just something that just happened. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout my childhood, um, my, my parents were very liberal. You know, sex was always something that just wasn't taboo. It was, it was discussed. Um, my father had brought me to a, a nude beach when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, I, had a, I wasn't abused in any way. Um, had a very normal upbringing, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't know if any of those specifically had any sort of of um, effect. But when I was eighteen, and my then um, girlfriend had come to me and said that she had had uh, a bisexual experience in high school, and she was wanting to revisit that. Mm-hmm. So that was the door opening to us going down that path of of seeking um, someone that we could you know, facilitate that for her. Um, right. And it snowballed into something more. We quickly realized that finding a single by female was very difficult. Um, it was at that time, right? Well, it still is now. To find a single by female to hook up with a couple or to have some sort of relation with a couple is 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 tricky um, in many different ways. Uh, um, I've found over the years that usually... Um, if that does happen, it's very short-lived. Mm-hmm. Um, the single female usually has some sort of um, remorse or, or um, regret due to the fact that it's, um, it, for any short terms of, of the walk of shame, she's going home alone. <laughs> right. um, so, you know, we, I say we, I say in my past, I've had very many, many experiences with my partner and a single female, and usually... Um, it's not something that, that ends up being long-term. Um, the people that I have stayed friends with, um, it ends up being a non-sexual friendship. It's just a regular friendship. Um, we stayed friends over the years. Right. Um, and now with you, with that girl, when you were 18 and then you got, you know, you guys sort of started to play around with another female, like, did you also then like, like, how did it progress? Like, I mean, I'm assuming it progressed to couples because eventually you guys like started, like you said, an event business. Right. So when we first started looking for a single female, we quickly realized how difficult it was. Um, So what we progressed to was, um, you know, as we learned about the alternative lifestyle and swinging or whatever you want to call it, um, we realized that there were other couples out there that were also looking for another bi female. So we then, what we did back then, was we placed an actual uh, uh, classified ad, which um, which sounds like it's in the Flintstones nowadays. Um, we, we put a newspaper out in the Phoenix, um, mm-hmm. if anybody remembers that, um, that basically said we were looking for another couple where the female was bought. And we then pursued couples where, um, my then ex-wife, uh, would, would play with the female and then, um, we would be with our prospective partners. There would be no other, um, interaction other than the girls being together. And then, like I said, my wife would be with me and, Right, there was no, there was no full swap though. There wasn't any swap at all, other than mm-hmm. the girls playing. Right, right, um, okay. You know, and then and then obviously we progressed from there mm-hmm. um, into into realizing that it was you know exciting and obviously trying different things and so on and so forth. And did you find that, like, when you got involved with the couples, like, that was kind of the solution to the the problem? Like, if you're if you're a couple looking for a bi girl or the woman is looking for bi experiences, you're more likely to have something that's going to be ongoing and 
if you find another couple and the woman is bi, right, then just going out and looking for a bi single woman, right? Yeah. If, I, I always put myself in the single bi female shoes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, if you single bi female, I don't hook up with anyone. Mm-hmm. I could hook up with a couple. I could hook up with a guy. I could hook up with a girl. Um, so when I'm when you're looking for something like that, the chances of you finding it are probably pretty slim. Um, it's 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 just right because she I, has so many choices, right? And probably the right. last choice would be the couple, right? She'd prefer probably to be with just the single woman, right? Her one on one. Right, unless there's some sort of other kind of relationship with that couple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I have had many, many couples over the years that had a single female friend, and, you know, there's an attraction to the couple due to the fact that she knows them. Um, and that usually is the road it goes down where, you know, they'll, they may mention, hey, listen, you know, uh, you know, would you be interested in having um, fun with us? As opposed to just answering an ad or finding right. somebody at a bar or, you know, um, and... The other thing, too, not usually, but a big part of the time, the single bi females that will either go to a swingers party alone or are seeking out a couple usually are, um, how do I put this delicately, um, <laughs> are a little bit, a, a little bunny boiler. You know that term? What is From the word you think? Oh, like a little, cra- like a little scary. A little crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little, um, you know, if I'm going to have any kind of alternative relationship with anybody, I want to make sure that they're, you know, they're mentally stable. Yeah. They have their wits (laughs) about them. I don't want them, you know, hanging out outside my door tomorrow morning and, or whatever it may be. Um, but, um, with past experience, I've found that usually single females that are seeking that out Mm -hmm. are not necessarily a hundred percent stable. Right. (laughs) Would you call it the bunny boiler? Like Glenn Close in, uh, not Glenn Close. What was that? Oh, was it wasn't it Glenn basic Close? Instinct. Yeah, yeah, basic yeah. instinct. <laughs> <laughs> Where she boiled the, the mm-hmm, kids' money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay, so so how did you guys? So you and your you guys did you and that first wife ever fully swap or like because I know you said you started it with like she was just going with other women. Like, how do you get to the point where you guys are doing that and then you start this whole sort of business? Did you get like? Because I know you did the ad looking for another couple, right? Did you eventually put an ad together like when you started like like one party and then that party just got bigger and bigger and then you turned it into like an events business? Is that what happened? It's, it's, a, it's an interesting story. I, I actually was, originally we were in New York City um, when we first, uh, you know, started in this lifestyle. We moved back up to New England where I'm originally from. So when we moved back up to New England, um, I placed an ad in a paper and I happened to be in an adult store picking up that paper. And the gentleman, the gentleman that was actually delivering the papers, I kind of nudged him and I opened the paper and I said, there was an ad in the paper, uh, for a swingers party. And I, I nudged him and I said, Hey, do you know anything about this party? And he says, I know everything about that party. It's mine. Oh, wow. And that's so started, funny. We, what a weird coincidence, we, right? Right. We, we just started chatting and, and he was an older gentleman. Um, like I said, at the time, I think I was 21 and my, my ex was 22. And he said, you should come to the party. And I said, okay. I said, um, sure. You know, he said, I said, when is it? He said, Saturday. So we ended up going to this party. It was, um, it was at a holiday inn in the, in, in a suite. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we got there and like I said, I was 21. I think my ex was 22. 
And I would say that everybody at the party was over 50. <laughs> so it was kind of like what you were, was it kind of like what you were describing earlier when you said like that's what people think in their mind? Exactly. Right. And it was about 20 people in the suite of a hotel room. So it was very, it was a very awkward moment. Mm-hmm. So my ex at the time said, get me the hell out of here immediately. <laughs> oh um, and God. we, um, we stayed was, for about wait, 10, was, 15 was, minutes. Was, I, I need a visual. Like, was everyone naked and over 50 and, like, sort of busted looking? Or, like, was everyone, like, in the midst of getting <laughs> it on? Or did you get there early on and everyone's all their clothes on? It, it was more more of, like, the high school dance feeling. And, and like, I, about people were over 50. There, um, at the time, and what I remember, people were not very attractive due to the fact that we were 20. Right. You know, I don't necessarily think that they were extremely unattractive, but we weren't mm-hmm. attracted to them because of the age difference. And mm-hmm. um, so I, um, you know, we gracefully kind of bowed out, but the gentleman that was hosting the party kind of, kind of, kind of flagged me down and, 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 and chatted with me in the hallway. And, and he said, you know, he says, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to try and warn you. However, he said, would you be interesting, interested in hosting events like this for younger crowd? He said, I have a lot of people that respond, um, and they ask me the age range, and they're, they're, you know, extremely discouraged due to the fact that I can't cater to what they're looking for. So would you be interested in hosting events? Oh. I'll show you how to do everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it started. He kind of mentored me into um, hosting events and um, kind of took it to a different level. What I would do is host a VIP area of a very um, nice uh, nightclub, mm-hmm. usually from, like, seven to 10. And then I would, um, either rent out a floor of a hotel or a local mansion or home. And that's where the after party would be. Um, and we usually would hire some sort of really interesting or off the wall entertainment. Mm-hmm. We had fire spinners and belly dancers and also the different kind of crazy things throughout the eight years that I did host events. Oh, wow. And how much were you charged for those events? It depends on what was it depends on what the event, some events were just at a nightclub and they didn't have an after party. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, so depending on the cost of the event, so anywhere from 75 a couple upwards of 250 a couple. Right, depending on how much you had to put out to create the event. So when you did it at a nightclub, I'm assuming you booked the whole club, right? Because people are going to get it on at this club, right? I mean, like you're... No, actually, no. no. What? It, was a, it was a kind of a sweet spot. So... I had some friends that were in the club industry as well as far as DJing. Mm-hmm. So I had a kind of an in. So my pitch to most of the nightclubs was, you know, I'll fill your VIP area from seven to 10 mm-hmm. with hot people that have this sexy vibe to them. But by 10, 10 30, they're looking to go elsewhere and fuck. They're right. not looking to stay till one. So most of the time, these nightclubs were really starting to get busy at that time. So, they, you would have early patrons coming into the club and kind of wondering what the heck was going on. There were these, you know, very attractive people filling the VIP area. They were all kind of already slightly in the bag, and they were all slightly frisky. Mm-hmm. And they're all leaving the club. So a lot of people, <laughs> when like, I was having it... Yeah. I'm oh, sorry? No, go on. I'm sorry. A, a lot of people that were regular patrons of the nightclubs were asking the the the, the employees of the club what the heck was going on. Yeah, so they're like, we want to be, really, we want to get here a little earlier. Like, we missed something, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, I had about seven clubs that were were my staple clubs um, that I would host events throughout the year. I had anywhere from 
six to ten events a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, I would do um, the VIP area till about ten ten thirty, and then just let people know or give private invites to the after party. Um, depending on the size of the club, depending on the size of the after party, I would cater specifically as far as numbers. So mm-hmm. if I had a mansion that would be, you know, a good 80 people, I would kind of cut it at 40 couples. Right. Um, and then at the after party, there would either be, um, you know, uh, uh, I would hire people to pass out chocolate covered strawberries or warm towelettes or um, it was really catered well to um, the, the, the vibe and the feel because I wanted it to be um, very special. Right, and more upscale, maybe more trendy, just something that would appeal more so to these younger, hot people that you wanted to show up at your party than, like, maybe what, yes. people, like you were saying before, like what people thought these 50-year-olds that would show up at a holiday inn. <laughs> yes, I had a, a, pretty, a pretty close friend at the time of, of hosting these events, and he was um, he was a, a big part of, of, of how they went together, and he used to always say to me, um, you know, what we want to prevent, what we want to, um, uh, we want an event that people are asking when the next one is before this one ends. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that's what, what happened. It was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Let me ask you this. <laughs> did you have a day job too, or was it, did this wind up being like how you made your money? I mean, you said you just did seven of them a, a year, right? So I'm assuming you did something else on the side. I did. Yeah. I had a full-time job throughout that time. And, uh-huh. and to be honest, we, we really kind of put most of the money back into the event. I didn't make, I really didn't make a whole lot of money from hosting events. It was really a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, towards the end of hosting events, I had a lot of lifestyle resorts that were actually giving me vacations to give away at the events. Oh, Um, wow. Because you had such a following and like you, you were known in that world, I'm assuming. Yeah, but, Right, it was, this was mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So we started. I'm trying to think. We started. Uh, well, we started in like ninety seven. I think the last time it was oh five. So hedonism and desire and Cancun. Those those resorts were just starting out. Mm-hmm. So um, the rep for Hito actually came and it contacted me and said she wanted to set up a table at one of my parties. And then when she realized the caliber of people she offered to give me any time I had an event, a free, a free like five day vacation to, to kind of raffle off. Wow. And now um, how you guys were vetting people, right? For your party. And like, what was like, I mean, if you had to say like on a scale of one to 10, like was nobody under a seven invited into your party or like, well, how did you sort of, cause you want to, I guess you're, you had people send you pictures. Like how did you figure out who was attractive and allowed to come to your party and who was it? It's, it's really interesting because it's, a, it's one of the questions I get the most often. And that gentleman that I, that I spoke to you about earlier kind of said to me, you know, if you put up a vetting system that vets itself, mm-hmm. so if you have people jump through a certain number of hoops and you have to ask them to do certain things, it almost vets itself. I very, very rarely had a couple apply that, that, that I declined. Right. Um, and what was and, your vetting system? Like they had to send a picture, like what were the things that sort of would maybe deter exactly. somebody who was like um, maybe a BBW or a four on a scale of one to ten? And that's, it's funny because really a side note, we actually were labeled the Ken and Barbie group. Right. Um, <laughs> because the people that wouldn't apply because they knew they just wouldn't get in um, kind of kind of got a little bit of, of, a, of a sour taste. But 
on the site, it, it explained who we catered to. We catered the people that were a little bit more upscale, height, weight, proportioned, um, younger, attractive, in shape, single females and couples. That's who we catered to. Um, and we had couples in their 40s at the time, and even late 40s, um, apply. And, and I felt that if those people had the balls to apply, who am I if they're not unattractive and not overweight to tell them that they couldn't come? Right. Um, so a lot of times people did come um, that were a little bit older, um, and some had the tenacity to stick around and come to other events. Others, you could see that they felt that they didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time, it was, I would say, majority were in their 20s, early 30s. Right. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Yeah, that's cra- it's that's like amazing. I remember there was like a guy who I know who I knew uh in New York who was like dating a model and he was somebody kind of well known and he used to go to these parties in New York and he talked about them very openly where there were like really hot people, you know. And you almost it's almost seems like they're explaining like a unicorn to you. You're like, "Yeah, okay, like there's this place where you could go where like all these like super hot people like fuck each other and like get it on." You're just like, "Yeah, okay." But like these things it does really exist. Like you were able to find people in their 20s because I think like you said a lot of people think oh swingers or people that do that are like over 50 and gross or it's just like a dirty thing you know but you found and even like way back then you found like really attractive in shape hot people to show up that were in their 20s and they were young and they were into that kind of lifestyle yes absolutely um I think a lot of people don't realize um, how much really goes on out there. Right, that's or, what my show's all about. Trust me. You know that's that's <laughs> you know I've been doing it for over three years, and I post a new episode every week, and it never ceases to amaze me the stories that I hear. And my whole thing is like this is like people I think have a vision in their head of like the kind of people that do like sort of illicit things or whatever, and they think that they look like someone that they don't know or I don't know, but. I'm always like, it's the person sitting next to you in the restaurant. It's the person that's walk, working down the hall from you. It might be your cousin or your husband. You, just, you know what I mean? These are just regular people are doing these kinds of things that I have on my show and that and what you experience throughout your sort of alternative lifestyle as well, right? Right. I mean, just recently there was somebody, some high-ranking sheriff officer or some, some, somebody in government that was that was outfit that he was a swinger and, uh, and, and resigned. And I, I was baffled as to why he resigned. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there was like a real big Hollywood exec. I forget. He was super, super old. Like, I forget who he was. He was really well known, very high up there. And he, um, I think he had like escorts or he was on tape, like sort of soliciting blowjobs. And like, he was like ridiculed, like nobody's business in the media. And I was kind of like, what's the big deal? Like, that's like what he was into. And he was getting his fucking rocks off. Like, what does anyone matter? Like, how does that make him a bad person or even weird? Or I don't know. It was very weird to me and I think a lot of people are pretty hypocritical the people that are judging it because we all know that a lot of people either have these fantasies or jerking off to them behind closed doors or doing them behind everyone's backs and not really talking about it you know what I mean right exactly like come on exactly um, I think personally and I'm sure you see this that I, I think that I'm always like oh I was born in the wrong 
time. Like I would have been a lot happier like if I was born now. Like I mean, you know, because I think the younger generation are a lot more open-minded and doing things at a younger age and being more open about it and able to express it and stuff, you know, um, nowadays it's very different, don't you think? It's interesting to me on two sides of that. Number one, um, because I see it all the time when I say, I, I always use the word lifestyle, mm-hmm. and, and it confu- confuses people. I get the tilted dog head look all the time because I don't want to use the word swinger. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I do, if you're under 35, they give you that disgusted look. Yeah, totally. Uh huh. E- even if they're in an open relationship, because it's just not something that that they they relate to. There's so many different labels now as to specifically, very specifically, as to what your um, open-minded about whether it's right, polyamory. I've heard. I've got. Ones, yeah, I've got emails with people, and I'm like, I, "Can you explain to me what that is?" And I'm like, triamory, and I'm right. like, I was like, "What the fuck does exactly. that mean?" So yeah, you're and right. It, it is very specific nowadays. In a way, I think it's kind of bullshit uh, as a millennial. Wait, you just cut out not, as a millennial. What yeah. was that? It's bullshit. Say that again, because you cut out. I I said I said I I, I think. Sometimes with the millennials, I think it's bullshit. They just need a specific label mm-hmm. because if if you if you slightly you know uh, misinterpret as to specifically what they're in, they they get offended. Yeah, but you know, don't oh, we no, remember like Polly, what it's about? Um, to, yeah, but like I think like as when you're in your twenties, like it's like a it's like the the ten years of like being a fucking know it all. I just think this is like what being a twenty something year old is all about. And I, you're right, like they do get very into their labels and they're very married to them, and it is very, it is a thing with them, right? Uh, but I think you know they'll eventually realize and become a little bit looser with that stuff when they, they hit over thirty and life experience shows them that you know. Maybe it's not. You can't be so narrow-minded. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, not, right. And, and narrow-minded on a specific, you know, alternative site. Yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So know. get back to you. So you started that. And I know that you have bullets. So, like, if I'm taking you very off topic and you want to keep to something that you want to tell my listeners, like, you could lead me back. Like, that's fine. I know that I, I like to get on a call and I told you, like, not sort of knowing anything. But if you want to, if you have a sort of a set agenda that you want to stick to, you know, be my guest to lead me down that path. <laughs> okay. Well, I do want to, I just I want to touch on how I got to where I posted this ad on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm now two years into a, another relationship and it's, it's very similar to my very first relationship when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I met this person. Um, we realized that we're both, um, um, alternative. She's bisexual. Um, so, you know, we came to the realization fairly quickly in our relationship that we wanted to, um, indulge in this lifestyle, uh, together. Like, quick um, question. Where did you meet her? Like, did you meet her just in a regular situation and it turned out that she, she was like minded, like, you know, or did you meet her on an, al- an adult sort of, or alternative like dating site? No, it was okay, Cupid. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll mention that, um, I'll mention that after I get divorced the second time, yeah. I saw a, um, I saw a trend in the women that I was dating mm-hmm. and I, um, underwent therapy for about a year and I said to my therapist, I had, there's a trend here, so I need to know what the hell I'm doing wrong. There was a and pattern. She much, <laughs> yeah. She, she pretty much coached me for about a year and I was celibate for a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, interesting. What was your she, pattern? 
Um, I was taking care of women that needed to be taken care of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a common thread of them being abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was, I was, uh, the savior. You were know, saving them, so them. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I didn't, I didn't love myself. So I needed to, um, kind of reel back and realize what was really, really important to me, learn to love myself. And then, um, it's funny because she had me, you know, like I said, hold off for a year and I started dating for about seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. And when I dated, um, my dating pattern was completely different than what it used to be. And did she um, tell you specific things to do to change that or because you had changed through the therapy that it just naturally changed? Both. Mm-hmm. Both. Mm-hmm. You know, she really made me, made me sit down and think about what was the, what were the most important things to me. Right. Um, and then if, if I realized right off the bat that that was not something that was a trait in the person that I was, you know, going on a date with, I basically, there was one time we weren't even halfway through our first drink and the, you know, the bartender asked her if she wanted another drink. And I said, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to head out after this one. And she was, she was kind of appalled and she was like, <laughs> well, did I say something wrong? And I said, no, it's not something that you, you said that you were, that was wrong. I just know that we're not going to mesh well. I know. Right. I already know. Right, and it was, and I, I mean, how long, you. right, I mean, it was one drink into it, and you could just tell that maybe she was another person that had been abused. Well, not the same traits, but I just knew that we weren't going to, right. you know, mm-hmm. everybody's been on that date where you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, you know, this is, this, this, I need to run to the hills, you know. Right, and I think that, listen, I always say this, I think men are the pickers a, a lot of the times, and I think that, like, because I hear stories, I love to hear people's stories about how they met the person that they're with like that, you know, whether they're married or dating for 10 years. And I hear so many times from guys like I just saw her across the room. I just, or I just met her and I just knew, you know, and I think a a lot of the times when it's the right person, you do kind of just know, you know, and that's typically how, when it does work out. Yeah. I mean, the person that I'm with now, I had a good, a really good inkling. I think mostly because I was on solid, I was on my solid two feet. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to hoping something would change, right? And um, you were kind of lucky you know, because you still you still found somebody like you know because I always say like attracts like, right? And you were looking for somebody like sort of super stable and different in in like sort of their emotional makeup, right? But you still probably wanted somebody because you said coming out of that seven-year relationship you knew you were that into monogamy you were probably still looking for somebody that was more alternative as well right and like I don't know if you put that out there in your ad but it's interesting that you attracted exactly what you were looking for well it's funny you say that so I don't know if you realize are you familiar with OkCupid at all yeah uh uh-huh yeah i met i have a guy named doctor guy that i've talked about on my show that i met on okcupid yes i i think i think okcupid has one genius thing and that's that's the question Mm -hmm. so when you ask somebody a question obviously it's 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 all in how you word it right i think they have a genius aspect of that website where they ask people questions and i i tell every single person that i know that's single Go on OkCupid and answer six hundred fucking questions. Oh, you know, those like questions! All those questions. And, yeah, okay. because mm-hmm. it's just the way they're worded. It, it, one of the questions I'll, I'll never forget. It, it says, "Do you think, or, or, or is it okay for someone to sleep with someone that's married if all three people know what's going on?" Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Right. And then yeah. It's basically a, a loaded question as to whether or not you think swinging is okay. Totally. And 
that's just one specific question, but the questions and how they ask them, and then the whole thing of how important it is to you, I think is huge. Right, and um, they do the generate that, something that you could look at, right? If you don't look at the specific question, they do generate this kind of thing that says this person is more sexual oriented, or right? Isn't right. that how they sort of aggregate it and put it all together and then give you like the, the, the synopsis of what those answers tell you about yeah, someone? Different categories, religious, mm-hmm. religion, yeah. or sexual... But you can also say, you know, who's my best match out there? So yeah. if, 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 if the person that you're looking at on OkCupid and you're attracted to them and you both have answered, you know, a good number of questions and you're, you're about a 92% match, I know that if I go to dinner with this person, they're probably, I'm an atheist, I know they're not going to be, you know, a hardcore uh, Muslim. Um, I, not that that's a problem, but I just know that in general... Um, you know, I, I can't stand messy people. So I'm pretty right. sure that, that other person is going to also be a little bit of an OCD knee freak. Right. You know, does this person despise sushi? Because I love sushi. I go for sushi once a week. Mm-hmm. So, so there's those little tiny, small aspects that if you're going to be living with someone, um, you're probably going to jive on 82 or 92 percent of those things. I think that that's genius. Right. So it was a lot less random than I was thinking it was. It wasn't kind of like it just sort of worked out that way. It was that you answered those questions in a way that sort of put it out there to your potential matches that you had this alter, you were into alternative stuff, and they sort of sent you people that were most likely going to be people that were that way themselves. Correct. And I didn't know the site worked that way until I actually got familiar with it. And, mm-hmm. and that's really all I did. I, I really kind of focused on that whole percentage thing. And right. every chance I got, I answered more questions because I thought it was genius. Right. Okay, cool. So you finally you know? meet this one and she doesn't turn you off after the first drink. <laughs> right. And you wind up starting a relationship with her. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to um, get to how you put out the ad. Yeah, we take the ball down the road. I've, I've had a it's funny, after not being, so in 05, um, I kind of, you know, pulled away from the whole alternative lifestyle. Um, I couldn't host swingers events anymore because you can't be the single creepy guy hosting swingers events. It just doesn't work. <laughs> um, okay. So I had my last event and then I kind of pulled away, but it had been, geez, um, you know, 10 years since I had been um, involved in this lifestyle. So kind of getting back into things and, Realizing that the, and I say the lifestyle, was, I would say, six, seven hundred percent more prevalent right. in the United States mm-hmm. in 10 years alone. Right. It is, it has become, the lifestyle travel alone is a seven billion dollar a year industry. Right. It's just ridiculous. Right. Um, so, so the avenues of, of me having, you know, experience in this lifestyle for, you know, a good, 10 years, and then I sit down in front of the computer, and I'm overwhelmed. Right. Because I, was, I was blown away as to all the different lifestyle sites, all of the different lifestyle everything. Um, and I knew the ones that I used to use, um, and some of them kind of fell by the wayside. Some of them became much more prominent. Um, so I started to get involved and kind of go through things, and we weren't finding what we were looking for. Mostly, I think, because the system seems to be archaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way I can explain that is there's a hundred lifestyle sites out there. Right. They're all the same. You fill out a free profile, and I put free in quotes. Right. You fill out the profile, you jump through all these hoops, 
you go online, you send somebody a message, and then the website says, well, if you want to correspond with this person, you have to give us money. Right. <laughs> so how many times are you going to do that before you give up? Right. We all have lives. We all have kids. We all have things we're doing. So to spend an hour a day to go on these sites and look for people and see if you're a match, if you're looking for the same things, it's just a big, giant pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So we started posting on Craigslist right. for local people to possibly meet as well. And that's when I realized how overrun a lot of it is with fake people. Yeah, my joke um, about my podcast is always like when I first started my show and I wanted to call an advice show, I never sort of knew it was going to or I didn't decide it was going to be about like people and their secret lives and what these people are doing sexually. But I was just frugal and I didn't think my show was going to be any good. And I just and I like talking to people and giving them advice. So I just like was like, where can I post an ad for free? <laughs> and I went on Craigslist and I was like, oh, the one free place is the personal section. So that's where I put it. And then it was like fucking striking gold. I was like, got all these like really interesting people want to be my show, and that's how it worked. But that is the place that you go that they're not going to hit you up for. Oh, now you want to meet with this person, pay us some money, and it's a much quicker, sort of more direct way to do things. Yet the problem is, like you're saying, you just have to weed through so much of the bullshit or the garbage, you right. know? Right, the stuff well, that's not funny. true. We, I put an ad on Craigslist looking for for some some uh, you know for looking for another couple, and I've seen and heard and experienced a lot over the years from this. And there was this one couple, they were a little bit younger and I corresponded with him for about two weeks mm-hmm. and, you know, he explained that they were new and they were a little bit apprehensive, blah, 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 blah. Very attractive back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I said, listen, you know, I said, um, you either need to give us a call or, or set up a, you know, a time that we can meet. I said, you know, I could not to be rude, but I don't want to waste any more time. And he said, I have to be honest with you. He said, my girlfriend has no idea I've been talking to you. Oh, right. No exactly. idea at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what the fuck? And he said, well, can I ask you a question? He said, would you be willing to meet us out at a bar and pretend that it's a chance meeting? Mm-hmm. I get he it. Said, yeah. I see what he was doing. And, <laughs> and I, I basically kind of, at that point, um, that's when I decided to do an advice, some sort of advice thing. Uh-huh. I was blown away that somebody would put someone that they love in that sort of situation. I couldn't fathom me or my girl. My girl, my, my, my partner, and I were both appalled. Um, mostly because if that were to happen and we did hit it off, we all fuck. Now we're all laying in bed together and I say to her, oh, by the way, your boyfriend set this all up. Right. Well, no, you, the whole point would be that you wouldn't, you wouldn't snitch on him. <laughs> You'd have to keep your but mouth how can shut. I have a gen- <laughs> how the hell can I have a genuine relationship with somebody I've never met on right. complete false pretenses? Yeah, but I think, I'm like, really- listen, I think this is the problem with, like, society and people still sort of not being open to things like this, that this is the stuff that has to happen. That was probably a guy who wished that he probably, because you touched on this early on, like you said, these are the things that I grew up with. My parents were super open-minded. I mean, you were, like, a, a, a beyond your time. Like, you were, like, ahead of the times, you know? You were not the, you're not the normal person 
right? So, right. you know, regular people, listen, you have to feel for somebody like that, right? Because he has your same desires. He's looking to do the same stuff. Maybe he wasn't raised in your kind of household. He didn't have those tools, uh, you know, that you got or whatever it was that made you exactly who you were and brave enough to sort of be who you were and be open about it and fall into it. So open and honestly, at such a young age, most people, that's not the case, you know? So this guy is hoping to live your lifestyle, but he has a girl probably that he maybe can't be that open with because of, you know, he just doesn't know if she'd get upset, but he knows that maybe if she has a couple drinks, she might be open to it. So he tries to set it up that way, hoping that that will be the way to, you know, intro himself and his girl into the lifestyle. I completely understand him why he's doing it. I, 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 I completely, but, but part of me thinks about all the things that could really go wrong. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't know me or my partner from Adam. Right, but that you could um, say that just, if he was doing, if him and his girl were coming with both of them knowing. I mean, so a, a lot of things could go wrong if both of them aren't part. The, the one thing that could go wrong is that if you turned around afterwards, like you said, and said, hey, your guy set this all up, you know. Um, maybe he'd tell her that. I don't know. That would be the, I think, the worst case scenario. But I, I, I just... Think- I get why you honest. wouldn't have been into it because you don't live in that world. You never had to. And you were lucky enough, you know, to but have all Kathy, the experience let's say you that we yeah. meet. Let's just say we meet, mm-hmm. right, in that aspect. And then three years down the road, you find out that I that we did that. And we've become good friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I oh, would that never, my guy I mean, did that? I would totally understand. I would, I would yeah, kind of understand. Because I don't yeah, think that's just, that that's total, like... I don't know. I kind of understand it. It's a little bit of like, it's like human nature, you know, and maybe with like it, like I said, if like most likely the girl wouldn't understand because she wasn't understanding enough for him to be honest about it to begin with, you know? So that's, that's the problem, you know? So I think in that situation, you'd hope that that girl would never find out because maybe she hold it against him. But I think if I was their friend and I was that girl's friend and she came to me and said, Oh, can you believe? And I'd be like, well, did you do it? Yeah. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Did it all work out? Yeah. And are you into it now? Yeah. So maybe like he did you a fucking favor. Like, I don't think, I wouldn't think it's that big of a deal. That's just me. Gotcha. You know, know, it it was a funny aspect as well, or another kind of realm of this is when we first started hosting events, Mm -hmm. I, I vetted people through the internet. Yeah. And at the beginning, you know, um, I, I did not require people to phone, to phone verify. Yeah. And, both aspects of a couple coming to a party, and I had both the male and the female part of the couple bring their suspective partner to an event without them knowing. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that when I'm at the front door greeting people, and a couple walks through the door, and one of them realizes where they are, mm-hmm. and that they didn't know where they were going, it's, it's almost immediately recognizable on their face. Oh, of course. But that guy that was setting it up with you was not asking for that situation. He wanted it to be more of like, because maybe he talked to his girl and was like, hey, babe, like, would you ever like be into like if we were at a bar, like maybe when she was drunk, like if we got hit on and she would say like, yeah, like I would. But maybe she she would, you know, and he felt like maybe if it was set up, she wouldn't go into it like totally clear headed. But, you know, like, but they talked. So I think what he was doing was a little bit different. I think, yeah, if somebody's bringing them to a 
a swinger party and they're not i mean that's fucked up that is blatantly like i mean that's just like throwing right. somebody into the water you know that guy right. in that situation i think was a different story but I, we don't have to harp on it because it's just like doesn't really matter right but i do yeah. understand it I, I personally think like i said you have to feel and i think it's great that you are kind of like going out there now and like putting that out there to help people because you have to know right that like I said, especially when you started and all the things that you've done and how you have, because you told me you don't care to use your, your real name. You don't care to use your real voice because like you're not like none of this is like secret to anyone. Like you're very open about everything. And I think that you're very lucky and you're not the typical person. A lot of people have to do this kind of stuff behind closed doors or they can't talk about it either with their right. family members or other people or with their prospective partners, but yet they have the desire. So like you are very lucky that you've been able to be as honest and fulfill the stuff like your fantasies that you've had since day one. But I think that yeah. not a lot of people are in the same shoes. So you definitely are somebody that can really help and guide people you know you are that that person you know you were the right person to put together the parties to vet people to you know because you are you are more on the top you know what I mean you are more of a a a leader than you know somebody else coming up the long lanes but you can really help people with your experience but you have to know you're different and you have to feel for those people that maybe you know that that are doing these things in a weird way you know (laughs) Maybe not it's so honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it's really interesting to me now that I started answering questions. Um, uh, when I first put the ad out, um, I got a, an overwhelming response almost immediately, and I was I was kind of blown away. Um, not to touch on the whole Craigslist thing, but, but no, but that's they cool. Uh huh. They, they keep taking down my ad. It, 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 oh, they do that to me all the time. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, people yeah, flag it. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. So. A lot of at the beginning, a lot of the ads that I got were were, were guys asking advice on how to convince their girlfriend or wife exactly. to be into this lifestyle. And yeah. I had to actually put a disclaimer at the bottom that said, "You know, this is for <laughs> singles or couples that are both willing participants into knowing about this lifestyle." This ad is not to convince people, and I still I still get ads, and the first line of the email is. I'm not trying to convince my wife or girlfriend, but yeah, because I think convince is a very uh, convince is like a word that I think you could mean. I think it means something very specific, and I think a lot of these situations are probably not wouldn't fall under that category. It's not like their girl is 100% against it. Maybe she could maybe be interested, but I have those people on my show all the time because men are, you know, and. I, uh, I think that, and I, when I have people on that are, I just taped an episode the other day with a guy who was very successful. I think I just aired it. It was very successful at swinging with his partner. And I always, when I have people like that on my show, I'm always like, can you explain like how you went about like the real specifics, the conversations and everything of how you got your girl to be on board? Because I think that's the biggest problem for a lot of men out there. Yeah, right, right, right. But so I do think that they need help. Not convincing. I think that's the bad, the wrong word. But just making them feel comfortable to be open to having that kind of experience. It is very difficult, right. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the most most of the time, the guys that are genuine with me in, in, in saying 
I'm not trying to convince. The common thread is that their wife or girlfriend wants it to happen spontaneously. I hear this all the time. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend wants it to happen spontaneously. Right. That's probably why and, that guy wanted to set it up spontaneously. Well, that's not spontaneously, Kathy. <laughs> I know, but he wanted her to think it because what if you really think about it, okay, between me and you, it's like, you know, I can have like a guy brain, like like we're two men talking right now. Like the girl says that and that's what she needs to say to make herself feel okay about it because maybe in her mind, if it wasn't spontaneous, it would mean something else, right? If she wasn't drunk, it would mean something else. And maybe that's what she needs to just have her first, first experience, you know? And that's the guy just like, but just do whatever it is to make her feel comfortable for her to have that first experience and then you know i I agree with you yeah i agree with you but that gentleman should say to his wife or girlfriend i know you want it to happen spontaneously are you okay with me setting it up spontaneously right and what happens if she says no then 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 that that shouldn't happen that should be a general respect between the between the couple Right, but he's still going to try because, you know, like, you know, the guys are really horny for this. And if the girl gives them even the slightest bit chance of thinking that they would, I mean, think about it, the guy. Think about it from the guy's standpoint. I mean, if she said spontaneously and that's the only way, I mean, he's going to try to figure out how to make that fucking happen because if this is... Exactly. And that's where I think the disconnect is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there that would, would probably do something alternative Mm-hmm. If the situation was right. Right, if they I, trusted I, the other with, person, if they they knew right, that met, they were being respected, if they felt safe and they felt listened to, all those things, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys, guys don't understand that. Yeah. They don't. It's, I had a guy funny, on my I, show once who was girl was finally said okay to having a threesome and he said i talk about this guy all the time because it's so fucking funny to me and his girlfriend's one rule was like whatever you do you're not allowed to fuck her in the ass like that that's just it there's no anal sex with her and he's like i cannot wait to fuck the other girl in the ass (laughs) i was like are you fucking kidding me like you finally met a girl who's cool enough this is and you are gonna take that and just like shit on that opportunity like are you got to be kidding me and that's like that's where the guys are just so dumb you know what i mean that's just like you're just you're gonna ruin that whole situation she's like handing you something on a silver platter and you're gonna fuck with it for what reason you know and i think this like i said sometimes the guys are just so stupid (laughs) but you can't help those people too i think well it's i can't i can't explain to a guy um, that it takes a balance of, of many different things to have a successful relationship in an alternative lifestyle. Right, yeah, you're not a therapist. You'd be like, really, yeah, exactly. And you have to be... Yeah, and you. I've always said this to friends that I've talked to just randomly about my show, and like they, I just like, I'm like, the people that are the most successful people at swingers and I'm talking mostly about the guys because I think people think like I don't know why or they just have this idea about the guys I said most of the guys that have successful relationships with women long term who have very open relationships and it's all cool on the up and up they are very monogamous by nature the men that I talk to um, the women are the one that are driving it it wasn't like they had to talk them into it you know and these are the and I just find that it's a certain kind they're just like very normal people very they have very good communication they have very healthy relationship with one another and it's like the opposite of what i think some people would think was going on in a relationship where they're you know open and fucking other people you know right 
That's it's the one that have it long term. Yeah. Right. People ask us if we have if we have rules. Um, what are our rules? And I, I usually explain that there are agreements, not rules, mm-hmm. because agreements can be changed. Rules can be changed too, but rules can be broken. Um, agreements, things can happen where um, you agree to do something together, um, and then uh, in the midst of it, um, you realize that it's not something that you enjoy or you don't want to do again. Um, and in the next day. Um, you can't hold it against the other person. Right. You have to come to the realization that you you know you tried something and you know something, honey, it wasn't for me, and I don't want to do it again. And that's the end of it. Um, we've we've had several things like that where you know the only way to really experience things new is to, to do it with an open mind, and 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 not everything is cool. Uh, you're going to experience things that are not cool, and that you you probably may not want to do again. Um, it's 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 interesting to me how how difficult some people uh, are are not able to grasp that aspect. Yeah, totally. Um, and I feel like when you get like the guys who are like the total players that just want to fuck everything that walks, you know, they're, you're gonna, you're going to get a guy like that guy I had on my show that was like, I can't wait to fuck that girl in the ass, even though this girl said no. And I think that's the other point that I always tell my friends. Like most of the time, these guys that are doing it successfully, they're not that they don't have that player mentality. They're not the guy, even though they're having open relationships and they're doing this kind of like really sort of open stuff sexually, they're not the kind of men who are like uh, treating women like sex objects or even see women that way. They're men who uh, see women as their equals. They're much, it's like a, a specific breed of guy who I think is like, like I said, the opposite of what people would think. And that's like uh, when it works. You know, those are the, the men that I found to be, yeah. uh, you know, when I get them on. And all the other ones that are trying it, it's not successful and it's a nightmare. And I get really good episodes from those people too. <laughs> but uh, they just don't have that. They're on the scale. Like I'm always like, you know, some people are just more evolved, you know, some men are, and it's like, I just feel like those men are just a little bit cl- closer to the, you know, the ape, yeah. <laughs> a little less evolved. Well, I've been answering, I've, I've been placing ads, mm-hmm. um, I, I, oh, I actually jump back quick. I placed an ad um, in my local town. Um, you know, I, I just on a whim. I was I was looking um, for what we look for one day, and I said, I wonder what would happen if I placed an ad that just said, you know, thinking of swinging question mark, and then in the ad it says, you know, if you have questions, and and I posted it in, in less than an hour. I had about forty responses. Mm-hmm. Half of those were spam or bots or whatever, but but I got a good fifteen solid questions from people. Um, and from that point on, I started to kind of just place ads in different areas of the States. And I started getting questions that, uh, that I had to, I had to, I had to sit on for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, one specifically was, was this young man, he was 25 years old and he sent me a, a, a good long email. Um, first, thanking me for 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 being um there to to, to, to somebody to talk to mm-hmm. um he had been with his girlfriend since high school they um were all the only partner that the two of them have ever had um he was 25 um he had extremely strong bisexual tendencies um and had approached his girl his girl i'm sorry his fiance um they were getting married Approached the fiance and, and, and kind of broached the subject of of possibly bringing in someone else into the relationship for just you know for pleasure, um, and she was dead against it. Um, and he was 
was really not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, uh, you know, this was over a couple of weeks of just corresponding, and and um, I basically um, uh, talked him into actually ending the relationship, actually calling off the marriage. Right. Um, he was 25, right? And, yeah, 25. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, if you marry this girl, these feelings are not going to go away. Um, you're going to find yourself in the same spot, married, uh, three years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I answered a lot of questions for him. This wasn't that simple. You know, this was over a good two, 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 three week, a good 25 to 30 emails back and forth. Um, I was really vested. <laughs> right. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think one of the second to last email was, you know, I called it off. I feel a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much. And, um, you know, he's touched base with me uh, a couple other times, but, but, um, I've had several different emails like this that I think um, are a big help to people because there's just nowhere for people to get good, solid information to their questions. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, like I said, that's why I do my show and I get so many people, especially men, I feel like, you know, because I'm getting people from Craigslist, right? And so 95% of my listeners are always sending me emails like, what are you going to have a woman on? You know, and I get them every now and then, but it's a lot of it is guys. And I just think that there are a lot... you know, you put, when I go through ads on Craigslist looking for people, I mean, you just see so many men on there looking for advice and people will be like, why are they on Craigslist? It's like, because guys don't talk to each other the way women do. You know, it's just a whole different ball game for guys. And you have a lot of these guys out there like these this 25-year-old that you talk to. And I get these people on my... Um, on my show and they're 45 or 50 and they've been living a double life and they're fucking guys behind their wife's backs. You know how many people I've had on my show doing that? I mean, you wouldn't believe the double lives that people are living. Um, And I don't, you know, and I think it's great that you were able to get that guy to be like more honest about himself because he's super young, you know, and he could go the rest of his life being more true to who he is and have a more fulfilling life as opposed to sort of, you know, cutting himself in half, you know, and living a double life and uh, not really having real intimacy because he's like, you know, someplace else half the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, people need people to talk to about that stuff because like I said before like not everybody you were the lucky one and you're not the norm and you have to know that to have been able to sort of live out and do everything that you've done um and all your desires you know in the way that you have most people men and women aren't able to yet they still have those desires you know so like I said, you are, you should start a podcast or write a book or something, you know, cause you could really be that person that really helps people. I just think, you know, be a little bit more, um, sympathetic or open to sort of questioning those people that say, not that they want to do it with you, but that say, how do I convince? Like, you know, if you ask them a little bit more, maybe convince isn't the right word and maybe it's a different situation, you know, and maybe you could help right. those people too. Um, Because I find that when I talk to people, the more I talk to them, sometimes I find out what they're saying and what the real situation is very different, you know? So, uh... The disclaimer seems to kind of weed the people are that really are looking to just convince. Right. That disclaimer. I've had people that kind of, you know, the ones that do open up with that and say, you know, this is a situation that, you know, we've had some sort of slight, um, um, you know, scenario. and, And, again, she seems to just want it to happen you know, organically or spontaneously, how can I kind of, you know, do that? And, and and usually I kind of point people towards meet and greets because it's not right. something that's on premise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, 
shortly after placing the ads, I actually yep. looked to see if, uh, if, if thinking of swinging.com was available and actually started a site that's free and will always be free, um, to answer people's questions. And as, um, a big portion of, um, some of people's letters and a glossary and my oh, background. So you got, like so that. you started this. This is something yeah, that you've yeah. done. What is it? Could say that website again? It's, it's www.thinkingofswinging.com. Oh, okay, great. And how long have you been doing yeah. that for? The site has been up for about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I like I said, it's a free free platform. It's basically just advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I do is I post people's the questions that I get in my response, um, and then also just you know tips for for newbies. Um, things that they should know, things that they shouldn't, you know, um, things that you shouldn't do or shouldn't do, just etiquette, and, and, and then again, terms, glossary, um, you know, good Listen, good I'm going to be sending you a lot of people your way because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, I get a lot of uh, people on my show that probably could use that kind of advice, right? And, you know, eventually, if you really want to help the people, it's so great that you did the website because you're it's a lot easier. You know, the one guy you went back and forth and you had all those emails, you know, and that's a very time consuming, right? And you have your own life. But this way you could help a lot of people, right? Because they could just go to the website and see the stuff that you've said to other people. So I think that that's really great. Yeah, I think it's, it's more anonymous. I think, mm-hmm. um, there's, I just, I'll go to, and, and it's funny. I listened to a podcast, um, recently, I'm not going to say the name, but the way they kind of structured it as far as lifestylers was a, a very skewed look as to almost giving people, um, how do I say it? Like they were, um, outsiders. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just people living their lives and, 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 and alternative aspects of life is, is like going, I almost equate it to bowling or playing pool. Right. I tell people that, that I meet and I say, you know, I think you guys are really cool. I'm kind of attracted to you, but I'm not going to have sex with you if it's just going through the motions. Right. We're not here to go through the motions. I have amazing sex with my partner. And unless it's going to be amazing with you, I'd rather just go bowling with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and and people kind of usually get that and, and say, you know, you seem like cool people, but unless we really hit it off, unless we really have an attraction, unless it's going to be awesome, why bother? Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and and the aspect of this other podcast was, was, wasn't that. It was almost like, you know, behind, behind the, in the alleyway, and it happens really quickly, and it happens because they're just looking to, to, to fill a fix. Yeah. You know, well, you can listen. Um, you could. It's you know. I'm talking to you from my uh, house. You know, like I mean, you could do. Anyone could do a podcast. The great thing about it is you could tape it anywhere. You could tape it anytime. You know, you post it later. Um, you know, besides your website, if you were ever curious, if you ever wanted to do that too and start your own, you could. Yeah, I think the blog, as far as giving people advice and kind of just really touching on certain aspects of things, um, we've had. I say we, my partner, and then also some mm-hmm. other. Um, stories, all the stories that are on our website are actually, actually, you know, experiences that we've had. Yeah. So we have exotic stories as well and things. So, and oh, things great. Because I feel like, hot. I mean, typically my podcasts are about an hour long. We're already past an hour. And so we're going to wrap it up. But I feel like, you know, I didn't even get, we didn't even really get to touch upon 
those kind of stories because I like in a way I think you are that guy that wants to help people and give the information that you have out so if people want to hear more about like your personal life and the stuff that you and your girl really do they can go to your website right and that's thinkingofswinging.com they could also if they need advice from you right and they, they could can just contact they, me right on the site. They okay, so there's a place there that they could call, still call into my show too because I want those people on my show. I like to talk to them. Absolutely. But if, but if they want advice, don't use the word convince, right? Uh, Correct. Right. Um, but they're looking for a way to sort of get into that, and they have a willing partner. Um, they could write you. Yeah, I think people need to understand that this lifestyle is an enhancement to our, to their already amazing relationship and sex life. Right. Exactly. This isn't going to fix your. This isn't going to fix your, your your broken marriage or your broken relationship. Right. Definitely this not. Is, this is. I, I wouldn't you say that, that people I, have to have probably a really strong foundation within their relationship to be able to go out and be intimate sexually with other people, you know, successfully. Because like, if you're not sort of emotionally stable to get, you know, like I mean, it's not going to work. No, this will make or break your marriage or relationship immediately. Right, depending. So yeah, so you want yep. those people that are at the good place and are serious and ready, willing, and able, but need the tools and the references and all that kind of stuff to sort of take that first step. And you could really help yeah. them. And some guidelines, some mm-hmm. guidelines to say that you know if this isn't for us, it's okay. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if we if we if we jump in the pool and the pool is not cool, we need to get out or just go out with our lives. It's not a be-all, end-all, you know? Yeah, take it from you. You guys went to the Holiday Inn and saw a bunch of 50-year-olds and like, I don't know, I think I would have felt so bad because I would have felt like it was so insult. But I don't know what I would have done at 25, but like, you know, you just feel so bad walking out because blatantly, I mean, you're not, you're saying without saying like out loud, like, oh my God, you guys are so fucking old and gross. Like, I cannot stomach fooling around with you <laughs> walk out you know what i mean i uh, like i might have just stayed there but like you you have, you know what's really funny yeah is not until not until i was confident in who i am mm-hmm. did i not have any issue with offending someone else because right. you know what happens when you're offended yeah nothing right nothing happens mm-hmm. so uh, as long as i'm as long as I'm courteous, as long right, as I'm that you could handle as long as I'm it, not right. hurtful, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, if you're offended, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go on with my life. You should do the same. Right. But listen, I feel confident about myself and I feel bad about offending people, not because I can't handle being offended. I can fucking handle it. I have a very thick skin, but because <laughs> I have empathy, like, I don't know. I feel somebody else's thing and maybe because I didn't have that when I was younger. I don't know. But like. I just, you know, people don't like to be offended. It's just human nature. You know, people don't want to be told at 50 that you, you're you busted and you're old and I'm not interested in you because, you know. You know that, something, Kelly? Yeah. I deal with this all the time where people will approach. So if I am, uh, we're on lifestyle sites as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll send somebody an email and I'll say, hey, guys, you guys look attractive. You look like you're fun. Would you like to talk or get together for a drink or see if we drive or have chemistry? Mm-hmm. And I won't get a response. And I think that's rude. If yeah. somebody contacts me and we're not interested, I will send them an email back that says, I don't think we're a match at this time. Good mm-hmm. luck in your search. Mm-hmm. All the best. Right. Well, you're a super you're together two- person. You're putting together websites. You are planning parties and events while keeping a day job. Like, I mean, you know, a lot, most people are not that way. They're fucking flaky. I mean, we all know that. And so people don't get back to you <laughs> across the... It's annoying. I get it because I'm more like you. I'm like a, together and I could get back to... But I can't stand that. But that's like the majority of people. I always make jokes with people and say, like, if you want to be better than everybody else, just like be on time. Do what you say me and be honest. And be like, 
consider it. Yeah, be considerate. And, and like have some willpower. And people will be like blown away like you're superhuman, you know, because it's just like most people exactly. aren't those things. And those are very easy things to be. I personally think so, but most people aren't. But yeah, we all get offended for different things. But like, like I said, like let's... I got to wrap it up because I have to meet my trainer at 3.30 and I have to get dressed really fast. But um, <laughs> I might like, you know, maybe you'll come on eventually at some point if I ever need an expert or you'll come back on again and talk a little bit more about stuff. If I'll, I'll definitely be promoting your website because like I said, I get people um, that probably could use your advice or, you know, advice that you've given other people um, on your website. I'll be giving it out to people that call because I get people that you'll probably be talking to all the time. So, uh Thanks for calling in and explaining all your stuff. And, you know, maybe I'll have you come on as an expert in the future if I have a very specific situation that I think you could help. Awesome. All right. Is that cool? All right. I could yeah, send you an email. Okay, good. We'll exchange that. And so um, thanks for calling in, Jim. Jim, right? <laughs> That's your real name. <laughs> it is. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, Jim. Talk soon. We'll be in touch. Bye. Bye-bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous.